0: You're listening to Episode 4 of the STEM Space, where we discuss why and how you should teach STEM through the lens of space exploration. Let's get started. Welcome to the STEM Space, hosted by Vivify co-founders Claire and Natasha, two aerospace engineers turned educators, sharing our passion for all things STEM. Check us out at VivifySTEM.com. So Claire, why are we the STEM space? Well, I mean, it's kind of a play on words because this is a space where we talk about STEM, but also because we have a passion for space and probably a pretty big bias because we're both aerospace engineers, but also for a lot of other reasons that we really think a lot of educators could get on board with. About why should you teach about space?
1: and that actually
0: started um, while I was
1: working as an aerospace engineer I started volunteering with students after school and trying to connect with them and how can I really explain to them what science and engineering was in a way that they could relate to and be excited about so when I actually left a career in engineering and I started working as a STEM educator full-time I was surrounded with STEM being robotics Mm -hmm. and so I was working at middle school. It's in the south side of San Antonio. A lot of at-risk kids, Title I school. And our funder was wanting us to do a robotics program. I love robotics. You learn lots of great skills, great competitions. But what I noticed, it was all male students that were signing up to be in robotics, maybe Mm. one or two girls. And even the girls that were in it, they were doing the posters and making it pretty. And I was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) STEM is for everybody the coaches were all male, female teachers were really not connecting with robotics club or robotics program. And it was all the upper level, like GT, gifted and talented students. And it was missing 98% of the population. And I remember sitting up one night thinking, there's gotta be a better way to do this. There's gotta be a different approach to STEM that is more relatable, that connects to more students. And I was like, "How did I get into STEM? Why am I an engineer?" Yeah, why did you get into STEM?
0: Great question.
1: <laughs> I actually was in eighth grade, and I had told my parents that I was not going to be an engineer. I would not do it.
0: Good. And why why would you tell that to your parents? Well, I know your parents. They but I would you, may you say it. be because they're both engineers. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and my dad is a professor. So of, you're a
0: rebel. You wanted to rebel. I was a rebel. Bell. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to go to basketball camp for the summer and I told them that I was going to be a basketball star and it was going to be amazing. So they're like, sure, we'll take you to camp. And they dropped me off in front of the engineering dorm at Texas A&M and little (laughs) did I know that it was an engineering camp. (laughs) And I walk in and they're building these bridges and putting weights on them and I was like, this isn't basketball camp. (laughs) (laughs) But I stayed because I had to. It was an overnight camp. <laughs> I couldn't leave. Man. It was the cool thing was it was all girls. And so there weren't these extra biases there. It was all female counselors who were college students in engineering. Uh, this was the Society of Women Engineers oh, actually that's ran so this cool. camp. So cool. Yeah. And I wasn't really into it in the beginning. Like I said, we were building bridges, we we're doing actually robotics challenges, coding, was okay, like I wasn't that much into it until rockets. So the no. last day we built model rockets, and Like I,
0: actual model rockets?
1: Yeah, so the Estes model rockets you can buy on Amazon, you glue the fins together, yeah. you sand it down, we painted them, and I still remember the day I got to launch a rocket, and I was so excited. And then I came home, and they're like, still want to be a basketball star? <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
0: nah, I might consider engineering. Wow, that's so devious I, of them. I know. <laughs> I don't recommend
1: dropping your children off to a camp
0: <laughs> that
1: they didn't initially want to do, but so it worked out.
0: What? Why, why would rockets be the thing that just excites you? Is that something that's just particular to you? You had no background where you were excited about rockets. Right. And so there's something
1: about space that just captivates the imagination. It's something that people can just get excited about even thinking about the excitement around the moon landing, right? And every kid was glued to the television They yes. still have memories of that. And now we're being this new space age, right? Of going back to the moon, going to Mars. There's so much exciting things happening. But just to the basic part of looking up at the night sky, every kid has a memory of laying in their backyard and looking up and wondering, what is out there yeah and maybe they didn't have telescopes but they maybe made one out of paper you mm-hmm. know or looking at binoculars i think that's where we go back to the reason of why kids love school and being excited about something but honestly when i had that idea that night to do something about space i didn't know if it was gonna work yeah you know I, like you just asked me like maybe it, it works, works for you. you yeah doesn't mean every kid's wanting to do space and So I went to the science teachers at the middle schools that I was supposed to be running the STEM program. And I said, can you just give me five minutes in your classroom? I just wanna talk to the kids. I am starting something called Space Club. So Mm -hmm. I didn't even use the word STEM. They had no idea something to do with science or engineering. So you're being devious too. I was, I was (laughs) tricking them. And I actually brought a rocket that I built, a model rocket, I had a Mm. quadcopter. I wore a NASA t-shirt and I had this video um, from when we were aerospace engineers in college, and we built our rocket senior yes. year. And it's a this engine test, right? So it's a close-up video of us testing this engine, and actually the whole thing blows up. It was an epic failure. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so it's really fun to watch. But everybody was okay. Everybody was, was fine. Okay. It was safe. Um, but the kids, I'm trying to show them, like, it's okay to fail, Um, But it's cool stuff and like you can launch a rocket and this is what it's like to be an engineer And if you want to know more meet me after school So the first school I did this presentation to I'm like nobody's gonna show up (laughs) Like maybe a kid will be like sure you know And I will never forget that first day it was out in the portables Mm -hmm. And there were 60 kids lined up to join something called space club it was everybody in from classroom. basketball players to the band nerds to everybody in between were all connecting to this. And that was comparing to the Robotics Club next door, there was three kids in there. Wow. And I still think that there's so much um, that kids get from robotics, but I see Space Club as a pathway to these more intensive programs. So looking back five years later, Robotics numbers have now doubled and tripled because of Space Club. Mm. So the kids get hooked into STEM. Once they figure out, I they're no longer tricked, yeah. right? Space Club has this cool thing. The sixth graders all wanna join. Their siblings have been doing it. And once they've been in it for a year, I push them into other programs. I'm like, hey, you're mm. really good at this. You should go do robotics. Hey, you should go into the STEM early college high school. And so it's building this pipeline that the district has just been surprised that is working and that gets us back to space works it's this hook um, that
0: you can really connect to any STEM career yeah it's a like a point of view a perspective that all of humanity has in common right Right. we all have this destination that has so much to be explored and you know especially in current events right now it's not just I was talking to a lady the other day and she was saying um, something about how she's having her kids color the space shuttle, and I was like, well, you know, the space shuttle's no longer flying, and they were like, what? It's like, because it's not mainstream anymore. Yeah, people just don't watch, just get to see stuff on TV. They don't know what's going on in the space program. They don't even know that we've had astronauts in space consistently for the last 20 years. Right. And But now, all of a sudden, there's a lot of things that NASA that are being becoming privatized. You know, SpaceX is huge. Blue Origins is gonna Virgin be launching Galactic. stuff. Virgin Galactic. We're gonna be sending people, including the first woman, back to the moon in 2024. That's right. I wish it were me. But it's not. (laughs) (laughs) But kids can see this. Their parents are getting excited about it. And through that lens of space, they can learn pretty much everything in STEM, right? From robotics... Because there's even a robotic arm on the space station they can learn about all the science concepts about what's happened happening in the physical world right and how it works in space and in microgravity you can even go on YouTube and look at the educational YouTube shows they have of astronauts demonstrating things in physics about what happens when you're on the space station which is way cool kids right. love that and NASA
1: has so many resources to support educators um, mm-hmm. from rocket guides, everything from kindergarten to 12th grade, any topic that you want to teach in your classroom can connect to some cool NASA curriculum or project. It's actually a little overwhelming <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> to right. try to go through all these resources and that's what we're hoping our resources can really support educators in using STEM as a tool, actually using space as a tool yes. in their STEM classroom. and there's just so much you can do. So you talked about
0: going back to the moon. What else exciting is happening in the world of space? Oh my goodness. There's so many different missions. We're going to the moon and that's preparing for the longer trip to Mars. So that's huge because people are focused on the personal aspect of that. And But there's all these other missions. If you want to be an astrophysicist or some sort of planetary scientist, or robotics engineer. We have more rovers going to Mars. We've had rovers. Even the first um, Israeli rover went to the moon, which is amazing. Whoa, that's cool. Which actually, fun fact, it costs less money for them to send the lander to the moon than it did to make the movie Interstellar. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so many things are happening. We're sending a probe to study the asteroids that are trailing and leading Jupiter. Did you know there's asteroids that are in the same orbit with Jupiter? I did not. Yeah, so we're sending um, a probe to go there. We're landing things on asteroids. There's also recently the InSight
1: lander, right, on Mars that drilled into the surface and is listening for seismic
0: activity. Yeah, Mars quakes and looking at the temperature of what's beneath the crust, which is really cool because that'll tell us a lot about how Mars was formed. So, so much is going on in space and it's in the news, it's uh, relevant. There
1: was the New Horizons mission that was on like every newspaper, all
0: over Twitter, like everybody was following this yes, mission. because we're discovering things that are outside our solar system at the very edge of space. And we're sending things past our solar system and still getting data back. And that is just, I mean... It just blows my mind, right? but these kids just like thinking about the opportunities there and really there is an endless, just of uh, space, space is endless, yeah, right? <laughs> endless opportunity to study and learn new things and uh, be involved in space. So one thing that we've done, which you did it before me and just like call, I think you called me crying in your car and we're like, this is amazing. You're coming with me next year. Was the SEEK conference?
1: Yes, I love SEEK. That was life changing. (laughs) So, if you're looking for a conference or professional development opportunity, I highly recommend SEEK. So, SEEK
0: is Space Exploration Educators Conference. And let me back up you were crying because you were happy. They were happy tears.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, the reason I was So, overwhelmed is, I think it was the first day of the conference, Mm -hmm. and the person that kicked it off was just this very captivating speaker who was a former educator, and now he was working for NASA as an educator and promoting space resources, and he told this very touching story about how he used telescopes in his classroom, and he was in a school, high poverty, and he decided to purchase with his own money a set of telescopes. And Mm -hmm. he was going to let the students check them out and take them home. And the other teachers were freaking out, like, the kids are going to steal them. They're going to be broken. These kids don't know how to handle nice things. Mm -hmm. Terrible idea. Well, he checked out these telescopes 150 times to kids. Came back in perfect shape every time. Never lost a telescope. You know, maybe one kid dropped it, but nothing ever happened to him. And he just had this incredible story of this little girl and how she kept checking out this telescope over and over again. And it was open to anybody to use and she just kept coming back and it wasn't years later that he heard her story and just the the very traumatic things that she was going through at home and how having this telescope, she would escape at night and go sit on a haystack and look at the stars. And that was her escape from this really tough life that she was living. Mm -hmm. And it helped her get through it and succeed later in life. And that's the power of space, right? Just to look out and think like you could be part of something
0: bigger and there's so much out there. And so we love space. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we have a lot of resources on space. And it's because of this, because it's such a huge impact and such a great opportunity to insert STEM in every aspect of of learning. Right, and if you heard the first
1: podcast we did, it was the three stages of STEM. Mm -hmm. Our resources really help educators walk through those three stages and with a space lens. So for the first stage, we have an activity called space docking. And this is a team challenge where they're working together to dock to the International Space Station. And when I say the ISS, all the kids chuckle and think they're getting in trouble. But the International Space Station is another ISS, which is this huge satellite in space. If you don't want to know what it is, go look it up. (laughs) Lots of cool stuff happening there. So that's stage one. And then the second stage we talked about with straw rockets is another Mm -hmm. great space activity. But the fun part is when you get to that last stage, you can do so much with space. I mentioned
0: this mission to Mars. Right, which is perfect for, as we look forward to sending people to Mars one day, but also this past year was actually the 50th anniversary of the Apollo moon landing. And so what
1: about a mission to the moon? So one Mm. of the themes of our space colony project is a lunar colony and the kids can learn about the moon and what resources they would need to survive and be happy in a city on the moon. So that's mm-hmm. a great connection you can do now with your classroom as NASA's celebrating this 50th anniversary. And we have lots of other resources, like our Lunar Crater Challenge is another great design challenge. Right, Space Lander Challenge. That's really popular.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and you can really adapt that to any planet,
0: right? yeah, <laughs> landing right.
1: anywhere. And some other resources outside of Vivify I've done is Tomato Sphere.
0: So oh, that's a cool one.
1: Yeah, so they actually partner with NASA. It's this company for seeds foundation, and they send some seed packets of tomato seeds to the International Space Station. So they experience the harshness of space, radiation and so on, Mm -hmm. temperature changes, come back to Earth, and then they give every classroom that participates, totally free, anybody can sign up, two packets of seeds. One packet's been to space, one has not. You have no idea which one it is. And so you actually, with your students, will plant the seeds and take different measurements. NASA actually gives you a guide on what data they need. And so you're measuring how long does it take for the plant to grow, how tall is it, how many leaves. And so it's real scientific data that
0: you will send back to this company. And kids get to participate in an actual science experiment for NASA. So they feel like they're working for NASA. Cause, yeah. Because really they are. Exactly. So that I love that project. EarthCam is another good one Ooh.
1: where you can actually request photos from the ISS. So, an astronaut in space will take a photo for you of a certain spot on Earth. And you can talk about geography and climate. There's so much good stuff with that uh, project.
0: So, that's also you can find online, EarthCam. So, these are all great resources, and I will drop them in the show notes. Is there anything else that people should do if they have never taught about space? Maybe maybe they're an, a STEM educator, but they have a focus in a certain area. Maybe they're a robotics teacher. Should they teach space? I would challenge any educator <laughs> to
1: send me their topic and I will connect it to space. That's
0: ooh, that's I like that. Mm-hmm.
1: If you're doing robotics, which I have done, we use the Sphero robots, and so we do a lunar maze. And so we tell them that you're on the surface of the moon, you're trying to avoid a crater, you need to program your robot to go collect a sample. And so they program it and have to move around the craters, different obstacles. So there's a really easy space connection there. And then we talk about the rovers on Mars. So you can easily bring in the current events, and there's just so many different connections that any topic, I'm really sad to see that space isn't a huge emphasis in the science curriculum. Right. I wish it were. And we're not promoting just talking about planetary science, you know, mm-hmm. knowing all the memorizing, all those facts about the solar system. It's more about the current events that I think is the most exciting part. And there's just this energy right now about space exploration that I think the kids can really connect with, especially if they're all over social media, they watch YouTube this kind of hooks them into the news, right? Into getting excited about something that a lot of other people care about. Even just watching, you said Interstellar, right? Watching these, The Martian, all these movies have come out about space.
0: Yeah, so what a huge opportunity for educators. So I'm actually getting really excited right now about the challenge, challenging people to send us something and we will connect it to space and help you get activities to tie in whatever standards or things that you need to teach right now, we can connect it to space and we will help you get those resources to excite your kids. So should we do a hashtag for this? Like hashtag connect me to space. I like it. Like it? Okay. I'll put that in the show notes. So use that hashtag with a question on Twitter or on Instagram or you can just send us an email and we would love to help you out.
1: Awesome. Well, if you do want to send us an email, info at vivifystem.com.
0: That's right. Talk to you later.